everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I got a chance to interview special guest Marie Alezi. Marie has a passion for helping people that experience grief as she has her own Facebook group and her own company focusing on helping people that go through grief and helping them through the grieving process. Marie opens up in her podcast and shares her journey from experiencing loss on two separate times of her life. She lost her father in her early 20s, and she lost her husband randomly to a brain aneurysm in her mid-40s, and she talks about the journey from raising two boys and experiencing her husband's loss and how that affects not only her, but her children as well. Me and Marie have a great conversation. We talk about the journey, the highs and lows of the grieving process. So if you guys know anyone that is experiencing grief, or anything traumatic, just learn that it's going to be a journey. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. And just let yourself feel in the present moment is so important because we are all going to heal differently depending on what trauma we experience. But you can check out all of Marie's work by clicking in the links in the show description from her Facebook group to her website. All the links will be below to check it out. And like always, guys, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you guys listen to the podcast. Your subscriptions and ratings will help boost the podcast overall. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Marie. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Marie. Marie, what's going on? And how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Actually, I'm in a really good mood today, and I'm so looking forward to having our conversation. Thanks for having me. Of course, and and me too. And uh, Marie, I just want to first say before we really get into this podcast, thank you for reaching out and wanting to come on a podcast. This podcast, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's all about you and your journey, and and I and I really appreciate you reaching out and stuff. So just to tell the listeners, where are you based at, just for some fun? I'm just south of Sydney in Australia. Wow. Isn't it, isn't it crazy? Like I was thinking about it before we recorded how, like if I were to record a podcast, probably like 20 years ago, one, I would be way too young and it would be weird. <laughs> but, like you couldn't connect with people globally. And now yeah. because of technology and everything, we can talk from two parts of the world. So that's, that's really cool. And, and uh, really fascinating. Absolutely love it. Yeah. <laughs> where, where are you located again, Joshua? Yeah, so for me, I'm in the Philadelphia area. I live in Delaware, but I like to say I'm in the Philadelphia area just because that's what people in Delaware would like to say. So we sound a little bit bigger than. Uh... 
Sounds great. <laughs> Same here. I'm just south of Sydney. I'm actually in a really small country town, but uh, and nobody would know it. So uh, Sydney is literally a couple of kilometers away. So that's why I say, yeah. <laughs> I will say, Marie, when it comes to the first question to really get us started with the podcast, um, when it comes to passions and what do you really like to do for work? What are some passions, some things that you're really passionate about? And what are some things that you enjoy doing for work? What I'm really passionate about is sitting in circle. It might sound funny, but I just love what happens when you are in community, when you sit with people, when there is more than just you holding space for each other, you know, that just being there for each other, listening to each other. Uh, it's just as much fun in your personal life as it is in business. So I always say business is personal and that's what I just love doing that. I love holding space for people and uh, being able to guide them on their transformation, just seeing what happens, you know, it's beautiful connecting. Yes, definitely. And and I will say just to add Marie as well, like I know you've been doing a lot of like like a lot of group work and like group therapy and all that stuff too. You really have this passion for helping people. Have have you always felt that way or has there ever been moments in your life or like you just started to develop the passion? Because I always recognize this with people that are healers, you know. We don't come out, we just like, oh, like we nat like for some people they want to naturally become healers. We kind of have to go through something. So the floor is yours to describe that. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. You know, I, uh, we, a friend of mine and I, we talk a lot about uh, archetypes lately and it's, it's a topic that has come up a lot for me on various levels. And, and she looked at me and she's like, you're such a classic wounded healer. And the, the moment she said it, I'm like, oh yeah, that, that so resonates with me, the wounded healer, because I, I truly believe that when you have worked through stuff in your own life, this is what really makes you compassionate that is really what teaches you empathy and it, it makes you understand people on such a different and really deep level when they are going through things. And I've gone through a lot of stuff in my life and I really do not see myself as a victim anymore, I should add, because I have been in victimhood role uh, for a really long time in my life, up into my 30s, and then I recognized it and I really didn't like it. And I changed it. It sounds very easy, but it wasn't. It was an entire path to go on to really drop that victimhood behavior and go like, okay, so we are the creators of our own life. It's not just an empty line. We truly are. And to find that path and to take it and really own it, it's the owning it part, owning all parts of you and recognizing that everything in your life, even the victimhood behavior has brought me to a state now where I do something so differently with it. And I'm owning that as well. And I love it. It's been an incredible journey. Not always the easiest, absolutely not. Yet I am absolutely full of gratitude and I feel very humble about the path that I have been put on. Yeah, Marie. And I just want to say, first I want to highlight and say that's very good for you, you know, to take the time to reflect on yourself, you know, and, and to really like, and even admit as well that you went through a time period as well where you like felt like the victim when it came to like your life, you know, and it's like, it took until that personal reflection for you to really like grow and stuff. So take me back a little bit. So like, obviously now you've taken all the steps and you've moved forward, you know, let's say you had some advice or you had a chance to talk to yourself in the past. What would you say to past Marie that what you know now and the advice that you would give to her? Mm, I think my biggest one is the embracing yourself, embracing everything that happens in life there is so often when we go into our oh, poor me and when we look at life 
from a perspective that life is happening to us rather than for us. And that's a very common line. Everybody has heard of that, you know, does life happen to you or for you? I'm a huge believer that life is happening for me now, but I wasn't always there. So when I look back at my younger self, I don't know why I'm thinking five years old. Let's go with that. That came up. Um, I just want to tell her that she's absolutely on the right path. She's absolutely perfect. She's absolutely beautiful. She's loved. She's not alone. You've got this. And I just want her to know that it's all part of your story. Everything that happens in your life is part of who you are and gives you the opportunity to grow and to become somebody stronger and bigger. And, uh, yeah, just, just trust that, trust yourself, embrace all paths and ask for support. That's another one. Ask for support. <laughs> That's a really, really big one. That's so many in particular, the healers here, you know, the ones, the helpers, they are really, really crap, uh, in terms of asking for support themselves. And I really had to learn that it took me two burnouts and a lot of other things, but I have learned it now and uh, I still don't find it easy, but I have learned now to ask for support. It's really important. And I can definitely, I feel that as well. I've, I've gone through moments where like, I just, I struggle with asking other people for help, but it, but when my friends or when family members or when people that are close to me ask me for help, I'm the I'm first one right there. Give me a call. Let me know. So it, that's a really, that's a really cool point. Now you got me thinking a little bit like, huh? Like I, I've, I've gone to therapy and have talked about it, but I'm like, huh? Like I need to take the next steps for that. Definitely. Do you mind if I put you on a spot and ask you something, Joshua? Oh, of course, of course. Because you're like, you're the first one there when, when people ring you. And uh, how does it make you feel when you help them? It makes me feel really good about myself. You know, like it, like it really feels good to, to help others. Like it really bring, it's kind of like this like sensation, just like really good feeling because like when you help somebody and, and you really like guide them into like some like direction that you need like let's say like they're going through a block and they're really struggling you know like to help them get through that block it really just gives like a really good just like positive feeling you know and it really helps with my own confidence as well it's so beautiful isn't it yeah i think it's an amazing amazing feeling and why do you find it hard to reach out for people when you need help it's a lot of it is just based off of just like trauma based so like for me like I've always had shaky relationships with my parents. So like my dad, like we're good now, like me and my relationship with my parents are good now, but it took a lot of just ups and downs. And it was literally like a roller coaster. Like I wouldn't talk to my dad for like three years and then we would reconnect and we wouldn't talk again. So like that was on that side. My mom had bipolar. So like, and she still like goes through that day to day. So it's just like a lot of just like highs and lows when it comes to emotions and stuff. So I definitely think based off of the situations and how I was raised, definitely. Cause like I, I'm the oldest out of all my siblings. So it's like, I'm the person where it's like, all right, like let's, let's help, let's help, let's help. But then when it came to my son, it's hard. It was really hard for me to open up and I've gone to therapy and I've taken the next steps and, my current relationship has been so life-changing where like we both push each other, which is great. But yeah, that, to answer your question, I definitely think that's part of it. It's a lot of bit of the family trauma, a little bit of astrology too. Cause uh, I, cause I yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just to add like, 
because uh, Chiron is the wounded healer. Because I know you mentioned wounded healer in a couple of your answers ago. So, so mine is in Scorpio. So Scorpios, when they're good, they're very intuitive. They're very, uh, they're very good at reading people and like expressing themselves emotionally and stuff like that. But when it comes, when you have a Chiron in that placement, it's the opposite. So I struggled with really being vulnerable. And for me, it's in my 12th house. So the 12th house is the house of the subconscious. It's sort of like anything that's like out. So like I go through these moments where I feel like this intense pressure that like, it doesn't make sense that it's intense pressure for like no reason, but like, I feel it. And then I struggle, and that I struggle with being vulnerable with certain people. And it, but I've learned to overcome that, but that's just an example of, of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that you say that. And thank you so much for sharing. Um, because the thing is we so often think that when we reach out to other people, oh, we could be a burden to them and we don't want to be a burden and, and all of these things. But when we then come back to, well, how does it make us feel when we can help? It makes us feel amazing, you know? And then I really had to learn to flip that for me and say, you know, why do I want to deprive people uh, of feeling great if they can do something? Because what I often forgot in, in that scenario is that I wasn't the only one who had experienced loss they too had lost a friend and we get to that story soon anyway, but to, to see from their perspective that they also need something they can do. And sometimes that was literally just that simple act of helping us. So for me, I really had to learn that um, allowing people to help me wasn't just a selfish act or I could be a burden or it could be horrible. No, it was actually important for other people as well to be able to do something, you know, to do something for us as a family and i i really had to flip that in in my perspective how i looked at that so that's why i wanted to ask you of course as well and i'll even add to your point a little bit too it's like it's like that feeling that like we're not alone like when we when we are experiencing whether that's like grief or anything like trump traumatic situations we feel like we're the only one experiencing it but it's like once we're able to open up and and share like what we've gone through there's so many people that are like yeah you know what like i can relate to that and that way that feeling of being alone or like like you said like i'm like if i open up i'm going to be a burden like that feeling ends up subsiding because you you build like a little sense of community and that's sort of or like this podcast has gone you know like where i have conversations with people like for some conversations my some of my listeners might not resonate some of them really do resonate like the point is just to really open people's minds up and really help them with opening up and not really feeling that alone feeling where you take on everything on by yourself, because it's impossible to take in everything by yourself eventually, because we're human beings. We thrive off of connection and, and being with other humans too. That like if we try to do it, everything on ourselves, it just, it becomes too much and we reach breaking points. But I just wanted to add to, to your point. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. So just continuing, I know you mentioned in your last answer that we were going to talk a little bit about just like the grieving process for you, you know, because I know that was definitely a very just like long journey for you. It's great to see now that you really have taken this journey, you know, embraced everything, and now you're really helping others. So so talk to me and my listeners and everybody listening through that process of like the grieving process for you. How how was it for you overall? And I know it's been very eye-opening and eye-changing for you. Yeah, so for me, I 
experienced loss on different levels in my life. And two of the most significant men in my life died at very different stages in my life. So I was 20 when my dad passed from cancer and I was not equipped at all to deal with the loss. I had no idea how to handle it, how to um, actually deal with the emotions coming up, etc. I, I had no experience whatsoever in dealing with it and I was completely at a loss for a good year if not longer. Also, as I said, very much in poor me for another about 10 years after my dad passed, I was in this, you know, I'm the only one this happened to and all my friends still have their parents and poor me and it, it was really, yeah, I was not equipped well at all. And then when I was 45, so fast forward uh, 25 years after my dad passed, my husband died from a brain aneurysm, very unexpected, very similar age to my dad. Interestingly enough, my dad was 46, my husband was 45 when they passed. And uh, this time it was very different because not only had I experienced how not to do it, it in, yeah, for the lack of better words, how not to grieve like when, when my dad passed. Of course, it's also a very different relationship, you know, whether it's your father or your husband, the father to your to your kids. You know, we had we have two boys together. They were 10 and 8 at the time. And when I heard of Rob's passing, like I knew all day that something had happened, that something wasn't right, but I didn't know he had died. And when the phone call came to, to share those news with me, I had to share those news with the boys, and it was incredible. It was by far the hardest thing I ever had to do in my entire life to share those news with the boys. Yet this time I had worked as a mindset mentor for over seven years prior to Rob's passing. I ran my own coaching business. I help people with mindset, with shifting perspectives. And through through what I have gained, I always talk about the hidden gifts in adversity. And the hidden gifts in adversity when my dad died, one of them was to not ever leave anything unsaid, to always live your life in the moment, to be present, to share what you feel, to share your emotions. And that to me was the biggest gift in my relationship with Rob. So we already lived that being in the moment, being so in tune, being so connected. Our love, our love, our life was all about love and connection, you know, and uh, we really lived that. There was no regrets. There was no, when Rob died, of course, you always wish that you had more time. That's, that's absolutely no questions asked. Yet in terms of the way we lived our relationship, the way we lived our life, there was no regret as in oh my god I wish I would have said that to him or I wish I wouldn't have said that to him or I wish I would have done I didn't have any of that so I feel really lucky that when Rob died that I didn't feel any of those regrets there was no guilt there was no I wish I would have there was just when we talked about this and of course we completely thought this was theory but when we talked about this you know what would happen if something was to die something, someone, like if either of us would die, you know, we had this conversation a couple of times and we were both completely on the same path with that. We were both like, well, if something was to happen to me, I would want you to take the boys and create the happiest life possible. I truly mean it. And he truly meant it. And when Rob died, I knew that's what I had to do. And it's not a flick the switch solution. It's not that, oh, all right, yeah, I know what I have to do. I need to be happy now. It doesn't work like that. It's like you're 
your lighthouse. This is your direction that you're going. This is your focus. And that's what I did every single day. Despite this really tremendous loss that I felt in my heart at the time and that pain that you feel when somebody so close to you dies so unexpectedly and I could feel that pain physically, I still remember that, I knew that that's where I had to go. I knew that that's what I had to do. And I, it's almost like um, I'm thinking of a really close friend of mine. Um, she sailed around the world and we talk about this trimming your sails and what it means. And it was so beautiful how she explained it to me. And, and that's what just came up for me, that image, you know, to adjust your sails to get there. It doesn't mean that when you trim your sails that you're there, but you're going that direction. And that's what I did every single day. And I think that's what I know now. That's what really helped me through. Wow, Marie. First, I want to say thank you for sharing your story, you know, and being so open because there's just like a lot of parts that I was processing as I was hearing. Like I can only, like the first part that really struck me was that first conversation with your children, you know, like I can only imagine how hard and how much like just how much anxiety would go through my mind if, if I had to tell my kids that like my current, my current girlfriend like passed away and stuff, you know, like that would be so just like hard to handle for me, you know? So I, that was the first part for me that really just, struck to me and I really felt right away. It was just like, wow, like I can only imagine like that conversation. It really took like a journey throughout the day, you know, like the uh, the highs and lows, you know, and, and for you, you know, to realize and learn from how you handled when your father died, you know, and compare it to now, like when your husband did pass away, you know, like you were able to learn and experience grieving process already, which then it helped a little bit more during this journey as well when you had to experience that this, a second time. So first, I just want to commend you as well for being so open to share because I know a lot of people where, and I bet like you have worked with some people too, you know, where the grieving process is very hard, you know, and it takes someone like a whole lifetime to be able to express and open up and process that grief. So power to you for being able to open and share your story. Because I know you do a podcast and you're doing a lot now. So power to you. But that was one of the first things for me that really hit was the conversations with your children, because each each one of your children, you know, they're going to process it differently. I realized this with my siblings, like, because we all grew up, same similar traumas, and we have all handled the trauma in different ways. Yeah, so like, that just leads me right to like, my next question when it came to that, like, when you did have that conversation, you know, like, how did you see like the differences between your two children, you know, and how they process it themselves. It was interesting in such, I mean, Flynn and Jed have always been so polar opposite from when, when they were born, you know, when uh, growing up there, they're only two years apart. And um, like, even in looks like Flynn has got the, the whole Mauritian side of the family. Rob's mom is Mauritian and he's got the beautiful tan skin and uh, dark brown eyes, you know, and I love it. Absolutely adore it. And Jed has got the really uh, light skin, blue eyes, and he was full on blonde when he was born he's darkened up a lot now he's more like my color like his brown hair now but he like you know even from little like they they looked at at the kids and were like oh my god are they even brothers and i'm like you know and other people say like i can still see that they're brothers but they were really different in looks in characters and um 
uh, Jed looks like me and has got more like Rob's character. Flynn looks like Rob and has got more like my character. But they're like such a mix and they're their own personalities. And when I talked to them about that at first, uh, of course, it was massive shock, as you can imagine. And it was a real breakdown for both of them. And I, I just sat there and held space for them. That's all I could do. Which I just hugged. Like we, we all hugged. We cried together. It was really heartbreaking and then there were the first few questions you know Flynn said who's going to look after us mom you know who's going to look after us now and I said well I will I will look after you and only way later I don't even know how long it took did I realize how important it was for all three of us that he asked that question and that I said it out loud I think it was just important for me as it was for them to say it out loud to make that statement really claim that and own it, that I will look after them. It was like a promise I made, as you naturally do as a mom anyway. But to say it out loud really gives it so much more power. And um, and my little one, oh, my God, he just, you know, he cried and he said, I'm only eight and I'm not going to have a daddy anymore. That was really gut-wrenching. So we had these conversations and from very early on, from the first few days, like Flynn was quite communicative about it. We talked and he asked questions and I answered all of them, you know, no matter how hard it was. And Jed, my little one, was constantly, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It was his standard answer. He didn't want to talk about it. He closed off a lot. And then he flipped at some stage. Then Jed wanted to talk about it. And Flynn had completely, no, I'm not talking about this, you know, I don't want to let emotions out. So we've all gone through our waves. And I noticed, and, and this has only just come up uh, recently, and it's been four years now since Rob died. And uh, a few weeks ago, his dad passed away and we were all there. I was there with my boys when Otavio took his final breath and it was absolutely humbling and beautiful and sad and confronting and and full of love, like all the emotions in one room. And uh, I, can, I can absolutely say he was held in love when he passed and that was so beautiful. That's how he wanted to die. He said he wanted to die surrounded by his family and he has brought up a lot of emotions for all three of us and again all three of us handled it very differently and I have to say that I now realized how much my focus after Rob died was on happiness on healing that only years later when I felt that I was healed well enough to be able to open to more layers, if that makes sense. It really, you know, Otavio's passing brought up a lot of layers that I, I, I wouldn't want to say that I ignored them or neglected them, but my focus was so on happiness and on healing that I sometimes forgot about feeling the real deep emotions. And I don't think it's right or wrong. It just was the way that I dealt with it. And it really helped me get through it and hold space for the boys. And now, right now, I feel I'm in the most vulnerable space in my entire grieving journey, but so open and so beautiful, I can fully take it. I don't feel like it's ripping me apart, if that makes sense. I can fully take it because I have healed so much and I honor that.
Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcast gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcast, it's a great way to get cash, and best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, Go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. Hey, everybody. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast I just want to give you guys a very special announcement. So starting in the beginning of September, I will be doing astrology chart readings for anybody that is interested in learning a little bit more about themselves and their natal chart. I am not someone that is going to predict the future, but I am someone that is going to give you guidance and really help you process yourself in the present moment, whatever challenges or blocks that you face. But you can click on the link in the show description to schedule a one-on-one meeting with me where you get your chart read, where it's going to be a very safe space for you guys to open up and share your own journeys, your own anxieties, fears, and I hope that we can both learn something from each other along the way. I do have a confidentiality agreement that that everyone must sign and follow, and prices will vary depending on the income in which you guys I am someone that is very flexible and knows that we all have certain situations in life that can impact us financially, emotionally, anything pretty much. But it really is just a safe space for everyone to connect, grow, and learn some things about themselves. So again, you can check out that link to schedule a one-on-one call with me, Josh Sanchez, host of Your Spiritual Best Friend, and I hope to see everybody soon and to help you along the way on your own spiritual journey. Yeah, Maria, I just want to say very powerful, I will say, and, and just thank you again for being so open to share your journey, you know, and, and I, I can, like you said, like everybody processes things differently, but for you, you know, like you've taken so many steps into the healing process that now you're so comfortable now with sharing your story, you know, to others and also like being there for others too. And that just leads me just like right to my next question. So I know you've really helped a lot of others when they, when it comes to grief and stuff. What's some advice that you would give to somebody that is just starting the grieving process and what's some advice you really would give to them to really help them get to the point where you are now when it comes to being, take, doing so much healing where you're very comfortable with being open and and sharing and helping others with grief? My answer to that will sound very contradictive because my advice is to not take any advice. Seriously, there are so many people that will swamp you with advice, that will swamp you with their stories. And I don't know why so many people feel the need that when somebody tells them a story of loss, that they share their stories of loss. It's not helping anyone. 
it is not helping anyone. It is almost like when a woman is pregnant, all of a sudden everybody feels inclined to tell the worst birth stories. Why? It's not helping. You know, it, it really is a matter of that we as a society need to learn to hold space and to not judge because that's the hardest part. You know, as human beings, we do judge. We just, that's how we are designed. We do judge and no matter how much we try or don't want to, that's what we do. So our, our focus needs to be on um, just listening. I'm absolutely certain that a lot of people would have judged me for, oh, she's not breathing her husband properly or she was too happy or she this. You know, there, not many people did it to my face. I know that. So I felt very respected in that, that at least they, you know, they gave me that space to do it in my own way. Yet um, that's exactly the point. This is my advice, even though I said don't listen to anybody's advice, but find your own way. Find your own way of doing it, however it feels right to you. Don't get stuck in it because grief really is a process. It's not a destination. It's not a, uh, a place to reside. I treat grief like a visitor. You know, it comes with messages. I don't want grief to move in permanently with me. And find your support network that are able to just listen to you and hold space for you because that's the most important part. Um, there are way too many people who will swamp you with how you're supposed to do it and then they come up with all these myths around grief. You know, grief will always stay for you. You can't ever heal this. Uh, there's this one-year mark and then everything will get better. It's all BS. That's all just belief system, you know. Whatever people believe that it's true, uh, it'll be true for them, but it doesn't have to be true for you. Walk your own path and find people that support you along the way. And uh, if you don't know how, please just join our group. Our group is free for everyone. You know, find Loving Life After Loss on Facebook. Come and join us. There's always love and support in there. And that's that's what I would say to them. Yeah. Yeah, I will say that's a very powerful piece of advice as well. And I definitely think just to add to your point about how, like, people are so quick to, like, find like these quick solutions, you know, to like, oh, you're supposed to process it this way, this way, this way. It's like, we're human beings, like you said, like we're all going to process things differently. So just having a space where you are an environment where you can have people just, the floor is yours, you know, to speak and to open up and to just share. And then everybody else just listening without judgment. And like you said, it's, it's hard because as humans, like we're wired to judge, like we all have parts in our lives, you know, where we do judge. But like when it comes to that, I definitely think that was a very powerful piece of advice. You know, like we're all going to go through our own journeys because we're human beings. We are so complex and we're all different that there is not going to be a solution. You're going to have to find that solution within, you know, and obviously there's there's people to help you along the way. But the pain that you're experiencing, you know, that's like your pain, you know. So I definitely think that was a powerful piece of advice, Marie. And I really appreciate our conversation so far and your openness to share. And it's really been, I really appreciate it so far. So let's transition a little bit. So I know we talked a lot about your journey from helping others, even through like your own journey through the grieving process. Relationships are a big part of our lifetime, you know, like whether that's relationships with friends, relationships with family, loved ones. Um, my first question is really focusing on that part. Uh, what are some qualities that you really look for in just like a friendship or even just like a romantic partner and all that stuff? I think the number one thing for me is, uh, and that is for friends and, and very much in particular with an intimate partner, that uh, 
they have a great relationship with my boys too. That's my absolute number one priority that whoever comes into my life, um, you know, will be a part of our life. And uh, our boys are still relatively young. They are both, well, almost teenagers now. I've got a 12 and a 14 year old. And I just want that to be, I don't want to have to separate that, you know, being the relationship. Marie and then the mom Marie I'm, I'm all me you know I've got so many different parts of me that I really embrace and love and uh, it took me a long time to be able to get there and to say that so I believe the person that comes into your life no matter if that is a friend or an intimate partner will just slot right in you know it will be just um there will be harmony that's what I think it has to be harmony it has to be listening, holding space for each other and embracing us, ourselves and the other person just as they are with all their faults and beautiful um, parts. You know, we're all human and to embrace all of it and keep the communication open, that's really important for me in, in any sort of relationship. Yeah, I, I completely agree as well. And, and I definitely think that is a must too. Like I know for me, if I had children, Obviously, I'm not having children for a long time, just just for some fun. Who knows? But if I did have children, <laughs> I know it's crazy how the universe works sometimes. <laughs> exactly. I definitely would have very similar like expectations as you would as well. Like if, especially in a relationship, like you better be cool with my children. Like that's a must because like we're gonna be a yeah. family. Oh, day, you yeah. Know? We got to be able to share. <laughs> so I was as I was hearing your answer, I was like definitely. I I'm 100. But but just to add a little bit to the conversation a little bit, I know like relationships, we all go through journeys in our relationships, you know, and I know you mentioned uh, in the previous, a couple answers ago, like you mentioned how like you and your husband, you had a really good relationship where you guys were like, you know, like free, you know, you guys had a lot of fun. Like when it comes to that, like part, like, did you have to learn that throughout your, throughout your journey or have you always just like when it comes to your relationships, it's sort of just been that way, you know, where it's just like, I'm a free spirit, you're a free spirit, we're going to work together, we're going to have fun, you know, and I truly only learned how to live relationship when I was with Rob, I had uh, a few relationships before then, and uh, they were never meant to last, not just for the obvious reason, but because I realized after many, many years of therapy, after losing my dad, that in a weird way, in a subconscious, fully twisted way, I was always looking for partners where I already knew that there was no chance. And then I just ran away because, you know, so it was this whole fear of losing again that didn't allow me to be open for a really trusted, beautiful, uh, grown-up relationship, if that makes sense. And uh, when I met Rob, everything changed. Everything changed. It was like, you know, for be before my relationships were usually lots of fireworks and lots of ashes. And with Rob, there was this tiny little flame that burned higher and brighter, you know, the longer we've known each other. And I never stopped falling in love with Rob till the day he died, you know. And I'm not saying that for off this sounds so romantic. I really mean it. I never stopped falling in love with him. I just loved him more and more each day. And I just really appreciated that quality of relationship that we had and now of course and i'm being super open and vulnerable here now of course it's like the see told you and now lost him too what am i going to do with that so my subconscious is fully squealing fear in the background going like how on earth and uh, at the same time 
uh, the grown-up me, the one that has learned, the one that has healed, is sitting there and embracing that fear. I'm like, okay, I hear you. I understand that fear is absolutely real and normal after everything you've experienced, yet I want to face that fear and I want to face it with somebody who's ready to face it with me. And I believe that the right person, you know, it will just – will just be there and fully see me and get that. And things like that, you cannot heal when you're not in a relationship. You can only heal it once you're in a relationship. I have been in one relationship after Rob and I healed so much, so much of my past, even things that went back from way before Rob with that relationship. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful. Um, that I had this relationship because it really helped me heal to such a beautiful level. And then there was so much more to do, you know. So I feel like every time when you do meet people in your life, no matter whether they're friends or partners, they meet you at that level of evolution and healing that you have gotten to in that very state. And there's always a reason why we meet people in that divine timing. For me, there's only ever one time frame there's not ever a right or wrong time it's always divine timing sometimes it just takes us longer to realize why it was so perfect in that time you know oh yeah i i completely agree you know it's crazy how like when you experience things you know there's 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 just certain people that you meet as you are going through your journey that like are meant to like you either learn from they either test you if you, like because I know for instance I know some people a couple close of my a couple close friends of mine like they started the therapy process and like they got out of a very toxic relationship and then they got back then they started the dating world again and then they met someone that was it seemed like he checked all the boxes but then he ended up like it ended up being just like another realization moment to like to like it's like a moment where you have to like prove your growth and stuff so pretty much like my my point is just like as we go through our journeys, you know, like we meet people that are meant to bring out things in us that, you know, that we need, that we still need to work on or things that like we have worked on. That, like, it's like, we have to realize, yeah, like, let's not make that same mistake again, you know, or it's like, it's, it's it, I find it very fascinating how like you, you, we go through these journeys and then we just meet these random people at this random time. And then they bring out parts of us, you know, that help us grow or, parts of us that challenge us. Like it's, it's very interesting. So as I was hearing your answer, I was just like, yeah, like I'm definitely just, I just wanted to highlight that because it's really, I just find it very fascinating how, how it operates. Now, obviously like there's some planets and stuff that go on with it, but that's all we'll, we'll transition it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But Marie, I will say thank you for our wonderful conversation so far about relationships, your journey through through them and also your journey just through the grieving process and everything and being so open. I really appreciate everything. Um, I think it's the perfect transition to a little bit of astrology talk. So my first question, just starting right off the bat, and we'll get into a little parts of your chart in a second, but how do you feel about astrology overall and, and has astrology helped you at, at all throughout your own journey? Mm, that's a super interesting question because if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, I would have gone like, 
you know, no influence whatsoever. And I, I really was not a huge believer in astrology. And now I'm like, oh, my God, how can you ignore, you know, such incredible facts? So I've, I've really gotten into astrology a bit more. And I remember a friend of mine suggested it was like a three-weeks course and uh, and it was also about archetypes. So it was something around healing. And I'm like, that was such perfect timing. I needed to be there. I just knew I needed to be there. I didn't know why. And then I went into this course, those three weeks, it was probably like 10 people. And out of those 10 people, I was the only person in there that did not speak astrology. So they're talking all these things about which planet and what house. And I'm like, what? I have no idea what all these houses are even about and what they mean and what the planets mean and what influence they have. And, you know, I had very, very basic knowledge, all the things that, that people sort of know when you hear about it but even Karen was completely unknown to me and now it's like such a huge part of my life you know like incredible and I, I can't wait to hear actually I don't even know which house he is I knew that before but I completely forgot anyway so that was my first intro and then I met through a completely different uh, source in my life a uh, beautiful lady Romana I think I connected you with her and um and she did a chart for me and she started explaining to me what that all meant. And it was incredible. So I had my first proper, proper reading with all the ins and outs and with all the explanation and holding space for me and helping me understand. And now I'm like so open to it and so interested and I haven't really pursued it as in learning more about it. So I'm still really not fluent in astrology language, but this is my long-winded. I'm completely interested and a, a very big believer that it makes so much sense once you learn to understand your blueprint basically. So yeah, bring it on. And I will say, Marie, as well, like I always like to view astrology, like there's so many resources that are there to help us a little understand ourselves a little bit. I like to add astrology to that as well. And I'm um, just really starting our, our conversation. There's this website, it's the horoscope.co. It's uh, so if you guys are just starting with astrology and you, and you just get your chart right in front of you, this is what I did. I just Googled my sun and moon. So your sun sign obviously is like your ego, which you are to your core. And then your moon sign is your intellect your how you process your emotions it's like your inner world so you have your outer world and your inner world so you just google that and this website the horoscope.co it gives readings based off of that so i'm going to give you yours marie and then just let me know how you feel so you are a virgo sun with a gemini moon and it says a practical personality passionate the virgo sun gemini moon personality doesn't care about image issues or about how others perceive certain actions if those come from the soul. Positives for your sun and moon combina uh, combination. Very brilliant, perceptive, and analytical. Negatives can get distracted at times. Perfect partner, someone who will work just as hard as them at their relationship. And word of advice, they should be more open to emotional matters. So as I give you your positives, negatives, perfect partner, and advice, what are some thoughts that come to mind? It's actually it's absolutely spot on. Yeah, I really agree with that. It's uh, yeah, so far so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely as well. And this, I always like to start off with this little reading just to get a little feel because obviously, like your sun and moon are two very important signs. But as I was hearing you describe your relationships, and I know you made one a, a very key answer. Venus is the planet of you know like love relationships, like qualities they really look for. And your Venus is in Cancer. So like Cancer is a very nurturing, 
type of energy, you know, very like caretaking type of energy because cancer rules the moon and the moon is all about emotions, understanding emotions and a very big sense of home is like cancer energy. That's why I really, I picture cancers as like people that have like a big home, you know, and it's like the people that are in their home are so important to them. So as I was hearing you describe your answer about like how like your partners that you want to come into your relationship, you know, they really have to love your boys, you know, and really love that family aspect. Um, that's where the cancer kind of, that's one of the first little things that I noticed and I heard from your answers. I was like, oh, like, yeah, I could definitely see the Venus and cancer a little bit coming out, which is great. Um, the only thing is obviously like, I say this for all cancer placements, depending on where they are in your chart, that nurturing ability, you have to really be smart with the people that you choose to come into your life because I know some of my friends that have cancer placements and they get in relationships where they're caretaking their partner and their partner's not appreciating that, that caretakingness, you know? So I just wanted to highlight that as well. So that's just something where yeah, I'm going to watch yeah, out. Just watch out for that. Another thing I noticed, cause I know you mentioned Chiron. I'm always going to bring this up towards the end, but I, I, I want to bring it up now. Cause I think it's really cool. So your Chiron is in Aries. So it, it's actually been quite fascinating. A lot of the people that have gotten into like healing work in this podcast have had the similar Chiron as you, where the Chiron in Aries, how I describe it as Aries are very, when Aries are good, they have big sense of self-confidence. They put themselves out there because Aries is the first Zodiac sign. So it's like, this is me, you know, like I'm going to put myself out there. I'm self-starting. But when you have that Chiron in Aries, the wound in Aries, that's something that you have to work towards. So for you, you have that Chiron in Aries, which involves like that self-confidence or just like being able to put yourself out there, but it's in your 12th house. So I use whole sign astrology, the house system, the whole sign, each house, like each Zodiac has like equal degrees. It's different than Placidus, but it's similar. It's a little bit different, but you have yours in the 12th house. So the 12th house involves, I know we talked about a little bit earlier. It's like the, it's like, it's like the subconscious. It's like, you get like these, this weird feeling. You don't really know where it's coming from. So like, I know you described in one of your answers, how um, I'm, I'm trying to remember, you mentioned how like you, you go through some moments, you know, where it's like, like some things just get brought up where you, you you didn't really like realize it, you know, where it's just like, oh, like this is this stuff that's brought up from way back then. But I thought I, like, I thought I recognized it, but I didn't recognize it. But that's where the Chiron, if you have any 12th house placements, that's like the feeling. So I know I mentioned earlier, I mentioned how my Chiron is also in the 12th house. So I feel like this weird pressure for some just like un, ungodly reason, I don't understand it, to be vulnerable. For you, it's more of just like, expressing that self-confidence you know so have you ever had moments for yourself you know where it's like you've had like this weird energy it's kind of unexplainable and when it came to like the self-confidence aspect or stuff like that yeah definitely yeah i i would probably use different words for it but yeah i i see there's a lot of intuition based stuff that i do you know so i've just learned to lean into that and trust that a lot more now yeah definitely definitely intuition that was the word that I was that I was trying to get out of my mouth but yeah and one of the things with the Chiron and Aries is like 
because Aries is the wound of like, just like the loss of self. Um, once you're able to find that and regain that sense of self, you're able to detect that into other people. Cause obviously like what we talked about, like once you experience things, you know, then we're able to help others go through similar processes. So for you, like that's how the wound works, especially for Aries. It's like you go through this loss of self and then for you, it's in the 12th house. So it's in the subconscious, but then once you're able to learn and embrace it, like you said, trust your intuition, then you're able to teach that and help other people go through that. So that's just something that I wanted to highlight. Cause I know you mentioned Chiron. I was like, we'll talk about it a little bit. I also noticed, Marie, that you have a conjunction between your moon and your Saturn. So what a conjunction is pretty much is it's when two planets are really close to each other. And depending on which planets are interacting will determine if it's like a harmonic harmony aspect or a challenge. Challenges are meant to, you know, like push us and help us evolve. So I always like to look at challenges, not as bad some people, they get into it, they're like, oh, no, no, like it's a challenge. It, it's meant to help you grow at the end of the day. We all have challenges in our chart because we wouldn't be human if we didn't have challenges. So your moon and your Saturn. So your moon is the planet of emotions. Saturn is the planet of hard work. But if you put in hard, if you put in the work, Saturn will reward you. So for you, you have your moon and Saturn, which is in Gemini, and it's in your second house. So the second house involves financial security, pretty much just like how you like how you handle like physical items. It's all about that aspect. It's a, the house. That's what all rules in that house. It's about financial. It's about well, it's about like material possessions, belongings, money, objects. So that's what the house really represents. So you have these two energies clashing when it comes to like material things in possession. So you have your emotions sometimes try and take over. Then you also have another clash of like, because Saturn is sort of, I like to view Saturn as like the grandpa of the planets. It's like, oh no, 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 you're not going to do this now. Like, he, like when it comes to like material things, money, possession, stuff like that, have you ever had or felt that clash between your emotions and like logic telling you like, oh, no, you shouldn't buy this now, or oh, no, I'm going to buy this anyway, or have you ever felt that? Oh. Yeah, yeah, there, there was a huge through for me that I had to heal, you know, because the way I uh, was brought up, we didn't have a lot of money, so I had to learn to allow that in. And uh, also it's, it's always like a self-worth question as well, you know, um, in terms of what you allow yourself to buy or what you allow yourself to earn. And uh, that was a really big shift for me when I realized, you know, what, what I'm actually putting out there into the world and what worth I'm offering and what worth I have. So that, that was really important for me to heal that, to let go of that old story that I was brought up with, with we don't have a lot. And, um, I don't live that anymore at all today. So I just really feel a lot of freedom around that, which is good, but it took me a lot of hard work to let go of that pattern and to heal that money story, to let go of that story, because that's all it is really. Yeah, definitely, Marie. And when it comes to Saturn, Saturn is a planet where it's like, you're going to really have to work hard in this aspect, but once you put in the work, you will be rewarded. Um, 
just for fun, yeah, just for fun, like, have you ever heard of Saturn Returns? Just out of just out of curiosity. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's all good. You can say yes or no, but pretty much like what a Saturn return is, it happens every 28 to 30 years. So what happens is the reason why people call it Saturn return is Saturn goes back because it takes Saturn like two years to go through each zodiac sign. So Saturn comes back to the sign in which you were born. That's why they call it Saturn return. And it usually takes 28 to 30 years. So for you, like your Saturn was in Gemini, you know, and Gemini's are all about like intellect, communication, learning all that stuff, you know. So when Saturn came back, like when it when it comes to you, like when you're around 28 or 30, like has ever, like, was that really like a stressful time for you as well? Because that's something that Saturn, Saturn is, when Saturn returns, it's a really stressful time period and it happens every 28, 30 years. It was very stressful, especially financially back then. Yeah, I remember that. Mm. Yeah, so that was probably where like Saturn returned and you felt that in your second house when it came to money, financial security, all that stuff. And you had to learn a lot during that time period. But like I said before, once you're able to put in the work and take those steps, then Saturn rewards you during that time period as well. So that's really cool. I didn't really, I looked at your chart. I was like, I'm gonna highlight this. And I was like, oh snap, like, that's really cool. <laughs> so, but yeah, so like the last thing I really just wanted to highlight, um, and this is just, this is just for, this is just for fun, you know, um, when it comes to your rising sign, so your rising sign is the mask in which you present yourself to people. And it's sort of like, this is what we strive towards. There's an argument because of meme accounts and like the sun sign astrology has been so hyped up and people just take things and they kind of, and obviously we know there's so many different parts of our chart. There's actually an argument saying that your rising actually is more important than your sun sign because it's something that you strive yeah. for. Is that Taurus? Yes, yes. And yours is in Taurus. So you strive towards being like that Taurus, you know, that grounded, hardworking individual, you know, and can be stubborn at times with certain things. But just to share a little bit. No. <laughs> just to share a little bit for fun. I'm a, I'm a Taurus, by the way. I just wanted to say. So so your mm. rising is in Taurus. So that's what you really strive towards because it's your first house. It's the house of self. Like literally when you were born, this was this was what um, energy, like the mask in which you want to present the people. This is the energy you want to present yourself towards. Um, so how do you feel about that as well? Like that, that Taurus rising, like, have you found Tauruses in your life that have been cool or? Yeah, absolutely. I, I connect really, really well with them. There's a very strong connection and, and I feel like they just get me. I know that my very first boyfriend was a Taurus as well. So that was many, many moons ago. And, um, yeah, it was really, I still, I still think of that. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Good connection. Good people. See? <laughs> Uh, of course of course um just to share for mine like my risings in, in is a sagittarius so like i have my girlfriend currently is a gemini so sagittarius's and gemini's they tend to get along because like they kind of operate the same as just just in different ways but i've some of my best friends have had sag energy so it's been it's just crazy how like the rising can play a part in that but marie i will say overall i've really appreciated our full conversation about everything, your journey, 
your openness in relationships and also helping people and even your own grieving process as well. And even sharing your chart of astrology, because I know that can be <laughs> very confronting here. No. Yeah, of it course. Nice. I know it can Thank be you. very <laughs> it can be very honest and stuff like that. But where can everybody check out your work and all that fun stuff? I think the easiest way is to go to my website. It's marialessi.com and uh, everything I do or offer is on there. So people can find my group there. They can find my books, my TEDx talk. They can book a chat with me. They can listen to podcasts. Ours will be on there too as soon as it's released. So it's really, uh, you can really check out the work I do and get a feel for who I am, what I offer and see all the services that we offer as well. So yeah, I'd really love to connect and the easiest way is to maybe just book a chat with me you know if you don't know where to start or what to do or if i can help you on your journey just reach out book a chat i offer like very brief chats to just get a feel for how can i help you and it's not not always me sometimes i put you in the right direction that has got nothing to do with the work that i do so really everybody needs to find what works for them and that's important for me so yeah that's what i would recommend of course, and I'll make sure Marie to put all the links in the show description segment so that way you guys can check out all Marie's work, check out her Facebook group as well, and all that fun stuff. Marie, it's been an honor. Thank you for a wonderful conversation, and please stay safe all the way out in Australia. Thank you so much for having me, Joshua. It was an absolute honor. Thank you.